It's that time again. Open it up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag for week five. We've got a trade and it's a familiar face going back to the New England Patriots. What's going on with that Steelers offense? Is it quarterback? Is it coordinator? Is it everything else? And the Panthers, they need weapons for their young wide receiver. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. And, of course, you can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. And uh, we've got some questions about the Pats, Matt, but we've got to start with the news here that is breaking as of this Wednesday morning. And J.C. Jackson is on his way back to the New England Patriots. This is one that uh, (laughs) I can't remember one going down exactly this way exactly this quickly we see a lot of teams returning home that that work out well with one scheme one team and then and flail elsewhere and certainly that's happened enough time with the patriots uh we've seen it with our coaching staff as well uh but this one's really interesting from ian rapaport this morning the patriots are trading for chargers cornerback jc jackson a reunion the compensation is a swap of late round picks back to where he started so a complete free agent bust for the the Los Angeles Chargers, J.C. Jackson doesn't even get through his second year, right, with the Chargers before right. he's back. So just a year and a quarter he played with his new team before he goes back to where uh, he earned all that money and the Patriots don't have to pay him a signing bonus. So that's pretty nice for the Pats to get to re-sign a free agent. He goes away for a year and, and they get a they get a freebie and they could restructure his contract and don't have to pay his uh, his uh, his signing bonus that the Los Angeles Chargers gave him, which was sizable. It was a big contract he signed last offseason. Wild one here. Disaster for the Chargers. I mean, the Char- the Chargers have a lot. I, I bring this up all the time because they have so many 10-plus million con- dollar contracts, and next year is going to be a real cap situation for them. You know, Bosa and Mack and Derwin and the receivers and some offensive linemen, et cetera, et cetera. So they have to get out of it. And this is, he's, you know, he's a healthy scratch last week. He's been terrible for him when he even played. So, a couple of things I want to take away from this is I've been told by enough people that I believe it to be true. And I think that it's really reflecting itself on the field and moves throughout Patriot history that Belichick and his staff do an exceptional job of teaching their corners. People always talk about scheme and all this with coaches, but coaches are also teachers. You know, how do I go about teaching to corners? And they've had a lot of success. I know they paid for Revis and Gilmore, but they've developed their own and they teach them really well and they simplify things really well from what I've been told. You know, that they play a lot of man, they don't ask them to do a ton of things. And then when they leave New England, many of them fail because new team says, wow, I loved your tape in New England. We're going to do that and ask you to do XXX. And I always come back to, I'm not sure if all of our listeners even remember this, but Namdi Asamoa with the Raiders was your cover three Seattle Richard Sherman lookalike guy. The Eagles make him the highest paid DB in the league and say, 
go follow around receivers and play man coverage and do different stuff. And he flopped, you know, like let him do what he's doing. Seven games is the total that JC Jackson ended up playing due to entry, even in his year and a quarter with, uh, with the chargers. And it looks like of the five year, $82 million contract that he signed, the Patriots are going to pick up a uh, 54 million of the rest of it. So okay. I'm trying to figure out exactly how this works. And I'm guessing with a big contract like that, there's future bonuses. So it really helps the chargers to trade a player where there might be some other guaranteed money in there that, uh, that helps them cap wise than than if they were to cut him, which clearly was probably going to be the plan this off season. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to see exactly what it looks like. Something like the 14 and a half mil per year is what the Patriots are picking up. And uh, a couple of roster, like $2 million roster bonuses. So that's $6 million of, of, uh, extra stuff, but it doesn't look like those were guarantees. So I'm not, I'm, I'm trying, I can't see right off the top here. And if there's any capologists, let us know uh, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, or in the YouTube comments, what exactly uh, guarantees might be left here. And I'm not seeing any good breakdowns of, of exactly what it is. With something like 54 million of that, 82 million is what the, the Patriots are going to pick up. And uh, uh, it's just a really interesting one that, um, that clearly the, for every reason you mentioned, it didn't work out for the Chargers and yeah. he's back home. And clearly the Patriots liked him enough, but they just knew they weren't going to pay what he was going to get that offseason. And they liked him enough to pay him what he still owed, minus that that guaranteed money that's going to accelerate to the, the Chargers cap this year. But they get that relief next year now. So two more notes I meant to bring up before. Unfortunately, this was forced or pushed because Christian Gonzalez, the first round pick, who looks tremendous, by the way. I mean, I, yes. he may end up being the steal of the draft where they got him. The, he was my favorite corner in the draft. I thought he was like the fifth or sixth best player. It was like, yeah, what's going on? How is he falling? Is he falling? Clearly, he didn't deserve to fall all the way to a, what, pick 17 with the with the Patriots. And, right. Uh, was it 14, something like that. Uh, mid-round, he was a, you know, he was a top 10 guy. Um, and it looks like right now, through the first quarter of the season, probably be Christian Gonzalez, defensive rookie of the year with C.J. Stroud, the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter's another one that looks great. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, all these guys, why'd they fall? You know, and, and good team, you know, grabbed them. Um, but he's hurt. I think several of the Joneses are hurt. All their corners are named Jones except for Gonzalez. And I wanted to double check. Next year's available cap space, only the Bears have more than New England, and only the Saints have less than the Chargers. That's why this deal happened. And if the Patriots turn out not to like them, guess what? Those guarantees are, are probably not there on the contract, so it's a very easy one to cut. Now it's mm-hmm. a year-to-year sort of a deal for them, and they can restructure and create space if they need to as well. So interesting. We'll see if that uh, career gets resurrected now, back with Bill Belichick and the Patriots for J.C. Jackson. Only seven games. Wow. That, that's uh, that's one yeah. of the epic failures in, in recent free agent history, I think, with, with how quickly. 100%. One thing I do like, we saw this with Trey Lance and the 49ers, when teams now make mistakes, I, I don't know what it is about the the current era of GMs. They're moving off these mistakes a lot quicker. This wouldn't have happened 10, 15 years ago. The turning thing would have lasted five years. The JC Jackson thing would have lasted three more years. You know, it's it, it seems like things are escalating. And, it, and it's also 
why we might have a little bit. It's October, Matt. Uh, Halloween's the the trade deadline, right? We might have a little bit more action this year at the trade deadline, like we did last year. It's a new uh, it's a new era of general managers that are just much more active and, and doing things a lot quicker than their predecessors did. No question, and we've had long conversations about that. Maybe not long enough. But I'm an old man. I'm 50, and I kind of look at these these general managers as the generation behind me. And I didn't grow up playing fantasy football and playing Madden and making trades every five minutes with my buds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that's part of it. It's just part of the mentality. Like, oh, I'll just trade. You know, I mean, just a different world. Okay, we've got more questions here about those Patriots. We've got questions about your Steelers, Matt. What's going on with the offense? Is there a fix there? <laughs> And uh, speaking no of no one's ever asked me that, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> not talking about that at all. We've got some weird stuff we could wade through as well. Uh, and it's funny, that's the most popular thing that gets asked. You being a guy that covers the Steelers, whenever we put, um, you know, some feelers out there for some mailbag questions, half of them are Steelers related, and and really now half of them are just about Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett, the of course. Know, on offense for the Steelers. But I, I think we might have some answers there. Um, Somewhat, and it might not be the answer that Steelers fans are looking for. And the the Carolina Panthers are looking for some wide receiver help because, shockingly, they traded away their best one, and now they don't have any good ones. So all that and more coming up next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for DFS, Daily Fantasy, uh, scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fits on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week in eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And how about Jets running back Brees Hall? I know he's a big name, but he's had a tough season so far. Limited usage, but... Clearly, the explosiveness is still there for the young rusher. And how about this for a defense to be going up against in week five, the Denver Broncos, who are uh, star makers right now for offensive players against them, especially speedy ones like Hall. I think it's clear that he's more dynamic than uh, Dalvin is in that offense for the New York Jets. So the Broncos defense falling apart against the run, especially versus faster backs. How about that for your DFS lineups this week? Brees Hall is your guaranteed fit. Vinny Iyer from Locked On. Fantasy is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure you your car stays or truck stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, fender flares. Whatever your baby needs, you can find it. I've used it. I got my fender flare for my uh, vehicle at eBay Motors, super easy. There was a green check. I knew ex- the exactly the the part that would fit. Got it quick. Got it uh, cheap, and slapped it on there. And it couldn't have been easier. And I saved a whole bunch of money and didn't take have to take it into uh, a mechanic or the dealership to get something done that I could do myself. And it's a guaranteed fit for your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply so going to the mailbag here and uh a question about uh this one's from james about that 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 uh new england patriots team and it kind of ties into our next conversation as well about the the steelers offense so bill belichick and mike tomlin both seem to be at rock bottom this season has the league passed them by or has the lack of general quarterback uh, uh, or the lack of a generational quarterback exposed some previously overlooked flaws, Matt. Good question from James about some some teams that have never really 
had to look at their head coach uh, sideways. And I think some people are starting to do that in New England and Pittsburgh. Is it warranted? A little. I absolutely think it is. I mean, you don't get, you know, it's not a life tenure car blanche type situation here. I mean, no Landry Shula talking about old guys, you know, the game passed them by and they had to ride off into the sunset, you know, Lombardi, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now I will say there's a lot to this question. I think a generational quarterback, I always call them uh, Aaron Rodgers. I always said was the best deodorant in the league, you know, that every team has smelly pits somewhere and smelly parts, but he, you know, he makes them go away. Andy Reid's not the perfect head. He's not quite as good a head coach as we think he is right now. Belichick probably wasn't quite as good as we thought he was. Quarterback-driven league, you know, same thing's happening in Buffalo as we speak. If you have one of those guys, your pits aren't as smelly. You know, I mean, I think How that's about a Sean hundred. Payton without Drew Brees. Right, right. I mean, I, I would lump him in here, too. We're seeing know? a lot more coaches fail without their star quarterbacks than we're seeing star quarterbacks fail without their former head coaches. That's a good point. You know, like Ben didn't move on, but Brady did, you know, Manning did and had success. And that's happening more than it used to. Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, with New I know. York here, which we, we got robbed of that. Yeah. Now, I've been very critical, though, of Belichick now, maybe going back six, seven, eight years in terms of his roster building. I, I think it's been Bill the Bill the head coach, I think, is far exceeded Bill the GM. Oh, Bill the GM has made Bill the head coach's job insanely difficult it's been one of the worst roster rebuilds post brady and they did a lot of great stuff with brady roster building and and, you know defensive side of the ball a lot of play you know jc jackson's been one of the best ones they had he goes elsewhere and so uh clearly there's something going on there and he's still able to coach guys up um actually just dawned on me probably with russell wilson and and pete carroll that's the one thing that's the one that's the opposite of what we're talking about where the head coach came out looking a lot better when the star quarterback moved on Good point. Good point. Not the only uh, one. There. But like Belichick, the GM, has put the treadmill on the steepest incline. Yeah. That's not a good question. It's not a good roster. I mean, there's not playmakers. There's not team speed. I mean, the defense has guys. Now, Mac Jones and Pickett could probably be lumped together too. I mean, they're young, they're only a year apart in, in experience. Neither one is Josh Allen talented, of course, you know, just physically overwhelming or has a trump card like a Justin Fields even. They have to play certain ways and their circumstances and they deserve blame too has a lot to do with their struggles, but they're kind of two of the worst in the league right now. I mean, you as an outsider, do you think the Steelers, I think that the Patriots are in a bad situation. Do you think the Steelers are in as bad a situation? I don't. Here's the thing. So when you look at both of those teams right now and you didn't know anything about the franchises, Mm -hmm. you would be a lot more worried about them than you are. And it's kind of like the Giants. I mean, they're really not much different than the Giants right now. And you say the Giants are. Yeah, right, right, right. You remember we were doing some uh, we're looking at the power rankings and you were talking about the tier of badness. Those teams mm-hmm. are in the tier of badness right now. They are. You just they have are. more faith. Ah, Bill figured out they'll win seven to, mm-hmm. to nine games, even you know, in their worst. That's where they'll be. Same with Mike Tomlin. They're always competitive. They're playing for wild card spots at least in 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 December, and and we'll see where they end up. But if you just took them at face value and how they are playing right now, they're both disastrous. And I don't see on the offensive side of the ball they're so similar because the defense you can you can 
make an argument of why they would be better on defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Udon has gone down with injury for the for the Pats, but you still got JJ Watt or TJ Watt, excuse me, for the Steelers, and you know uh, they're going to be okay there. And and even if they lose close games, they'll keep it close because of that defense. Unlike what we've seen, like from teams like the Broncos right now that are in a terrible oh, spot. Right. But the, I don't see the path for the offenses getting better on either team right now. And if Bill O'Brien didn't help Mac Jones and he's, you know, punching people in the in the nuts, like I don't it's just a bad situation. Like what, what's going on? He, he's just not the right guy, I don't think. And and Pickett's showing evidence that maybe he's not the right guy either. because He's got better pass catchers than uh, than than Mac Jones does and the Patriots. So and it leads us to many other questions we've had here. Uh, Matt, regarding that offensive coordinator and regarding Kenny Pickett, and uh, we'll go to Yinzer gear here. And he says, in a system like Pittsburgh's offense that is so broken, can you realistically fix the scheme in one offseason? And and so that's kind of the question here is like, okay, you fire the offensive coordinator, maybe that's the problem. How does that fix anything right now? You're not going to go get some hot shot offensive coordinator because those guys have jobs elsewhere right now, unless there's somebody magically in the building that's going to be an amazing play caller and play designer for your team. So I deep down believe that if they would have swapped out Canada for O'Brien, I'm just using him as an example because of the, the old conversation. Yeah. The Steelers would be in a better place. Pickett would look better. Pickens would be more fantasy worthy, things like that. It would look like a real offense. Yes. Uh, so I, I do believe that the tape heads that I really, really trust, uh, you know, either behind the scenes or not really think this is the worst scheme in the league <laughs> and I, I can't disagree with it. I mean, it's really rough. Now there's a couple of things I wanted to address though, is I've been saying on all my local stuff, I've been saying Steeler fans, if it gets to Wednesday or Thursday of this week and I'm doing this move, move with the Steelers, well, if they beat the Ravens, they will be three and two and then they go to their buy and everything will work out and the schedule's okay. Yeah. Please punch me because the problems are way worse than squeaking out a 13 to nine win against the Ravens in a game. that's always going to be close. I mean, there's much, I keep saying that, you know, there, those are symptoms. There's a disease here that needs fixed that, that maybe is uh, bigger than that. You know, not that, Hey, my arm hurts. Why does your arm hurt? You know what I mean? And we always get so many questions like, well, okay, who do you, who do you, who do you hire? What's the realistic thing to fix this? And, you know, names like Ben Roethlisberger thrown around. <laughs> right. Right. Well, how does that even happen? There's zero chance that it, it, first of all, there's zero chance that Ben Roethlisberger, just because you know, his name is familiar. Right. And, and I know fans go to the familiar name and that's usually not the best name for your up and coming offensive coordinators around the internet or around the, the NFL. It's just, it doesn't really happen. But like Ben Roethlisberger is going to take a pay cut from what he used to make as a quarterback to work 16 hours a day right. at a job he's never done and probably not help the offense. Like, what are we even right. doing here? So that must be I, I can't imagine what it's like for you if you're doing call in shows and, and you're uh, talking about the Steelers every day because uh, it's there's no magic quick fix for this. And thus there's a better play caller in the building underneath Matt Canada right now. So to generally answer this question. Mid-season coordinator changes, you can't install a new system. You know, like you do not, there's not enough time. You have to use the same verbiage, the same playbook. Now, you could take chapters out of that book and throw them in the fire. You certainly would play call differently. You could play add a couple season. plays every week, yeah. you know, to, to maybe yeah. after the course of a, a month or two, you have more wrinkles in there that, that didn't exist in the playbook mm -hmm. to start the year. 
You could teach it differently. You could sequence your plays differently. You know, like one of the Steeler notes is, you know how the the top the first 15 plays of the game are the scripted plays. Well, the Steelers aren't even 30. They're, they're 32nd in EPA for the first 15 plays of the game, and they're 20th from 16 play on. But they're still 32 in the NFL overall because they're so bad on those 15 plays. I mean, like it's a distant 30 second that it drags them down unbelievably bad. You know, like unbelievable. Like the ones you know are coming that you practiced (laughs) all week that you specifically put in place in a game plan to beat the team you're playing against, and you're the worst in the league at those. Right. You saw week one. I mean, it was over before it was over. You know, like you just dig a hole that you just put your body in in the first 15 plays of the game. Like that would probably be better. You know what I mean? Well, the other part of this is and talking about the the Pats and the uh, and the Steelers. Like you're just at this point, are you is is Kenny Pickett broken? Is Mac Jones just not it? And you're moving on looking mm-hmm. for a new quarterback. Is that what the next offseason is going to be? Or is it more about? Uh, everything else around them right now for those teams. Well, I think the I mean, same is true with Fields. Same is true with several of these guys. Their rookie quarter, you know, it's almost 50-year option time before you know it. You need to know that by the end of this year, especially for Jones, but slightly less so for Pickett, that we're going forward with this guy or not. And, you know, Pickett's hurt, so it, maybe he misses a game. But if he would have been out for the year, been like, oh, no, now we don't know. You know, I'd rather he failed than be out yeah. for the year. Oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's kind of where the, the Bears are with with fields. It's like, yeah, oh, they sh- he's shown enough promise. It's like you want to it's oh, you believe, but there, it's bad still. Mac mm-hmm. Jones, I'm ready to turn the page there. He's yeah. not a high level starter for your football team. Daniel Jones, I'm ready to turn the page there. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I think some pictures are a lot clearer. The least clear right now is is Kenny Pickett. But then yeah. you can't you can't pass up on the opportunity for another quarterback. No, if you change offensive coordinators and it's like, oh, it's still bad. Shoot, let's spend another year doing this and toiling around. So, right. Um, it, the Bears you, had first pick overall. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying Bryce Young's better or whatever. Right. Last dealer note, because I know we have so many questions. I went on record as soon as the season ended in all offseason, I would have made a coordinator change. But the second half of last season was a thousand times better than the first half. Nobody was noticing, but the offense was running the ball. They were pouring a foundation. And I understood bringing Canada back. But at the time, where the real mistake was made to me was the Steelers not going out and adding what I'm calling an offensive senior assistant. You know, some old dude that's called plays that you could easily hand it over to yeah. and could oversee this thing that's 70 years old. And he's not coaching the running backs or, you know, he's just been around the block a hundred times. They didn't do that. And, I and was he's very in the booth with an eagle eye view every single week and probably has yeah. some pretty good ideas that he could help Canada with. And, if that doesn't work, then maybe replace him as the play caller the rest of the year. Right? Yeah, and he goes to Tom and he goes, "What well, we're doing is nuts." <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next, you mentioned Bryce Young. How about his receiving weapons right now? Uh, the Panthers, according to reports, looking for one, and maybe even not even waiting for the off season. So here we go. It's rumor mill time. It's time to talk potential trade deadline stuff coming up here on Peacock and Williamson. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. If you've ever felt like your brain is getting in its own way, uh, I know that happens to me all the time. And uh, like, you know, how you 
how what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. You know how to get there and you kind of just take the long way around and you prevent yourself from getting to where you need to be every day with whatever it is, your work, your personal life. Therapy gives you ways to figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. So with BetterHelp, all you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time if it doesn't feel like it's jiving for you at no additional charge. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Maybe you just need that check-in every week to make sure you're hitting the, the points you need to and the the goals you're hitting in short term every week. And then you put those stack those weeks together and long term, you're hitting the bigger goals in your life. So make your friend, make your brain, your friend again with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. So interesting one here. There's a report, Matt, uh, this one from Jordan Schultz, that the Carolina Panthers are not only looking to trade for a wide receiver, but they want a true number one caliber guy. This is their top priority right now. And potentially this could happen even before the uh, the offseason. Now, clearly, it's difficult, Matt, to find a true number one when you already traded your first round pick, right? So we'd be talking about future firsts in 2025, multiple second round picks. Could a player like T Higgins be available? Could, um, I don't know, Devontae Adams potentially be available? Would those players want to go there? Cause you'd have to talk contract with those guys. So it starts to get very difficult. Uh, they traded away their best wide receiver and DJ Moore to go get their quarterback. And clearly they're realizing now that their quarterback needs more help. There's no mm-hmm. dynamism on offense for the Carolina Panthers right now. Like they, they are the slowest offense in the league. I think watching that team every week, um, Michael has a question. It's early, but Carolina's biggest mistake, not having a solid nest to drop a rookie quarterback into on offense, or was it trading away what they traded in a draft where it was unclear who the QB one actually was? Love the love the use of nest there, stealing my word. I mean, and I thought it was an okay nest because I thought the O line was quality, you know, and, and you could just see the weapons were not going to be. I mean, that, that didn't take any foresight whatsoever. DJ Moore would sure be helpful, but the Bears aren't doing that deal without him, of course. You know, they they're they're looking for their own situation. Hold on, now, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. Just hindsight and everything. Um, the Bears asked for. Brian Burns and were turned down and they ended up with DJ Moore. So clearly the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers wanted Burns more than more. And I would too. I would too. Yeah. But when you consider quarterback, does that change yeah. things for you? Is it, even though one player might be more valuable, maybe, you know, maybe the picks are different and, and you could change the value of the trade that way to make it more even to make up for the difference in what you think value is for Brian Burns, who, by the way, they still haven't done that long term contract with yet. That's good. Right. And that's going to be, uh, a tough one for I don't them. Think so. They already had DJ Moore signed. Um, when you consider that in the quarterback, would it have been better overall for your franchise to maybe trade Brian Burns, give up less with the picks around him in that trade, and kept DJ Moore to help your young quarterback earlier? Perhaps. However, I think Burns is better at what he does than Moore is what he does mm-hmm. now. But your point's strong. You would you would have given up less picks, and you know it's not like it's a one for one swap player. Like, I think Moore's a really good player, but he's not a number one. And there's only 12 or 15 number ones in the world. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a high-quality starting receiver, you know, that is a really, really good player. Like, Burns is a number one pass rusher. But anyway, um, 
see, I'm in, back to the original question. I'm in favor of Carolina doing that and, and going and getting somebody better than more Tyreek Adams, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs. I mean, I'm because those guys all change teams and help young quarterbacks quite a bit. You know what I mean? Right. Adams is the one that stands out to me would be a clear upgrade and would be worth it. And now, available one, potentially. Probably, like, probably. The, most of the wide receiver ones don't become available that off, often. And certainly and the if they're on a competing they team, you can't get them now in the middle of uh in the middle of a season. No, I mean maybe they have a ton of cap space. If Higgins hits the free agent market, they could go buy him, I think. But I think I would call about Adams for sure. Real quick on the Panthers, though. I mean, this is becoming clear when David Tepper took over. And I know nothing about finances. I am I live under a rock. I didn't even know who David Tepper was until he became the owner of the Panthers. And my dad, who's super into finances, investing is like his favorite thing, tells me about this guy. And he's like, I can't wait to see what this dude's like as an owner because he's so aggressive and and it's showing from an NFL perspective, you know, like my dad and I can talk about this from two different worlds in that he sees a shiny thing. He's going to get it. You know what I mean? Like he's not the Roonies or the Maras or, you know, Kansas city, or, I mean, these old school football only teams that have been doing this for generations, you know, like I want that. I'm going to get it. I, I, it's hard because I don't know what they'll be able to get without trading uh, you know, is T Higgins mm. just going to hit the market and that's it? I have a hard time believing that, yeah. but potential. And so if you're trading, you don't have your first if you're the Panthers. So what are you trading? Uh, a, a second this year, two seconds in, in consecutive drafts. Uh, Would you consider now, that if you're the Raiders? I mean, well, the Raiders could, have, I want picks if I'm the Raiders. If you're the Panthers, now you don't have other picks to build the rest of your roster. Because it's not like they're a one have money away from winning a Super Bowl or something like that. Um, and but so you have money that you could get other stuff in free agency. Yeah, that's, that's true. You could buy yourself out of those other picks potentially with, with free agent signees. Um, it seems like Devontae Adams want to go mind. there. Devontae Adams probably right. is like, oh, no, send me to Buffalo or Miami. Don't send me to <laughs> Carolina. City could use a receiver. Yeah. The reason I'm, I don't want to leave Las Vegas is because I don't want to be part of this rebuild that might take a while. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that really fits. And I think someone like Devontae, someone like Higgins, clearly it's, it's almost as much of a, a free agent signing with picks involved than it is just a straight up trade because you would have to they would have to want to be there. So it makes it all very difficult for mm-hmm. the, Who's the Carolina the Panthers. And uh, I, they might have to play this one out a little bit more naturally and and just hope that someone hits the free agent market that they can pay for. And if not, then draft the next guy. Yeah. I mean you're not gonna get Evans or Godwin and plus they're winning now. I mean I'm I'm running out of names pretty quick. Yeah, and I don't know who will be available, but um, if you if that if, if it does become available, then they they should take a shot at it because we've yeah. you you gave all the all the obvious ones that have helped you know Diggs and uh, AJ Brown and like it's important. I read. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you gotta you gotta try to find that guy for sure. And so yeah. and it's not surprising that they're lacking that because that was obvious coming into the year. So they mm-hmm. shouldn't be surprised by that right now. Yeah, I, I actually think that they're. Thielen's better than I thought, and Mingo might be okay, you know, but they're not ones. You know? Yeah, Mingo, he went a little high for my taste, even though I liked yeah. him a lot. He's a, a, a force feed player. He's not a yeah. just beats guys in the natural um, flow of the game and, and is a big playmaker. Uh, so well said. Here, here's a quick one, that you know, a team that lacks some playmakers, but I, I think quarterback's a bigger problem. Last one. We got to do the answer. This one's short. Jared says, how many games would the Giants have to lose to move on from Brian Dable? 
He was coach of the year last year. I think he's safe no matter what. I mean, yeah. if they lose the rest by 50 each, maybe his seat's hot, but I think no. he gets well, one at, more year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, it's the, the scapegoat is built in. It's the quarterback. It's Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. You draft a top quarterback. That That's the best case scenario for Dable because then he gets a young quarterback and then he has a little bit of time. And uh, so I think the worst thing for the Giants franchise is to win a couple games and be in limbo and not be able to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, but Dable, I, I don't think would be going anywhere. And if he did get fired, he'd get snatched up really quick. And, and to be honest with you, looking back at things, I, and I've said this before, I don't know how Brian Dable didn't get hired by the Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I would love to see Dable yeah. with Justin Fields and see how that would have worked the last couple of years instead of what ended up happening. Um, and I, I do this thing called Shadow 49ers where I kind of retired it. But for about nine, 10 drafts in a row, I was like, okay, the Niners are on the clock. I'm doing a Shadow 49ers. I'm going to draft, instead of doing this hindsight draft stuff, I'm going to draft the player that I think I would take with this pick on the clock, I get one shot at it. I don't get to look okay, back okay. and say, "Oh, they just, they should have drafted this guy." And went three picks later. It's like, no. If I can say now, "Hey, I would have actually taken this guy on the clock then this one player instead of the guy they took," you know. So that was kind of my yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I wish I would have started doing some some Shadow Bears stuff, right? Because it's like, dude, how how obvious was it? Bob, hire Brian Dable. Um, you draft my my guys for the Bears in the second round last year were were Boye Mafe, who's looking good in his second year as a pass mm-hmm. rusher. They have no pass rush with the Chicago Bears. George Pickens in the second round. Instead, they drafted a couple of a DBs. Then you don't, if you draft Pickens, you don't have to trade for Claypool. Claypool. Or maybe the, the Steelers aren't trading Claypool. Then with pick 32, what do you end up doing? Well, you draft Brian Branch. Now you got a better safety than you would have had in the first <laughs> place. You know, it's just like these little moves. They just like start to, and, and all how of a sudden, different like, it would oh look. God, how this kind of got away from us, even though we're doing some good things. And I like a lot of the things the Bears have done and traded down, but you know, they traded out of the opportunity to, to draft a difference making player in, uh, and uh, uh, Jalen uh, Carter at the top of this draft, right. they got yeah, a good tackle, go. but they could have had a more difference making player. You know, they could have more difference making players with their multiple second round picks last year. And then they made a bad trade for a wide receiver. And that's what you don't want to do for Carolina is make th- a bad move to force a wide receiver when it's not that true, really good defensive, uh, that really good uh, difference making player like the Bears did with the Claypool trade. Yeah, they, the Bears turned Roquan, who is unbelievable right now, by the way. I've been doing Ravens you know, homework, into Claypool. And now they're going to dump Claypool for a six-round pick and spend a bazillion dollars on linebackers to replace Roquan that they're not as good at. You right. know, like, yeah. you're throwing bad money at, you know. Okay, let's trade a player. Uh, who's for awesome. We're rebuilding. Okay, but you have to complete the the formula. And, and the Bears have, yeah. have missed on a lot of those things. And when they trade Roquan, I'm like, well, they might be an organization that doesn't want to pay linebackers. Well, then next offseason, they go pay two linebackers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, what's going on exactly here? Yeah. So. Last thing I want to say, come on, we're up against it. Yeah. You and I are not Daniel Jones fans. I am not backing him at all on the day ball conversation. But they don't block anybody. <laughs> I mean, watch that Seattle game. I mean, uh, they don't block a soul. Everything bad. Everything yeah. bad right now. Um and uh, they, they they overachieved last year. It's kind of your plexiglass yeah. principle thing. Mm-hmm. They overachieved, they overachieved last year. It's pretty easy to see that they weren't that good of a team on paper. And uh, and that's why Brian Dable, you know, got votes for coach of the year because everyone knew that anyway last year. And then there's expectations. And so that's probably why it hurts Giants fans right now because there's expectations. Mm-hmm. They look a lot worse than they did 
last year. Um, and and but, to your point, is investing in Saquon and Jones going to pay off for you? Probably not. And in the end, it probably still would have been smarter to pay Saquon and not Daniel Jones. Because mm-hmm. he at least made your offense go. Daniel Jones did not. No, no. All right. A lot of decisions to be made around the NFL, Matt, and we might get some trades. We're going to have a nice little fun uh, trade deadline. Of course, we'll talk more about that, and we'll start making our picks for week five. Coming up tomorrow, talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.